Inside Westminster, Chapter 124, Paying the Price. How did those photos get out, screamed Fitzy, wife in all but legality to Prince Marcus. What's up now, yawned Marcus as he joined his ex-wife, Carla Fitzalan Hume, for breakfast at the large table in the spacious kitchen of their mansion in the grounds of Windsor Castle. Look, look, Fitzy continued, you, me and the girls and him. So, drawled Marcus, don't you see my humongous giant of a man? It's more evidence against you. Lovely holiday, drawled Marcus at the memory of the two wonderful weeks that all spent as house guests of Michael Charlottas on his magical hideaway island in the Caribbean. And all expenses paid to boot, he added, eyes dancing with the excitement of it all. Hang on, hang on, before you get too carried away, don't forget we're not supposed to know how wealthy he is or where he gets his money from. Make sure you've got that firmly in your brain, my love, Fitzy said with exaggerated firmness. You're in enough hot water already without this connection surfacing. Yes, my dear, whatever you say, Marcus quavered submissively. How he had managed to be drawn to these people, he'd tried to work out over the years but his brainwaves just went slightly fuzzy when it came to being self-critical. Mikey, Michael Charlottas, had been such an intellect, such a bon viveur, when they first met in Les Bonbons, the swanky nightclub frequented in those days by all the rich, famous and influential people living in or moving through London. He had been brought over to the prince's table to be introduced as a fellow thespian and lover of all things expensive and delicious in this life. Marcus, at that time, had just divorced. At the behest of his father, he'd never fully fully understood why, and was in need of some serious ego massaging to cheer himself up. And up had popped arch-smoother Michael Charlottas. We're both men of the world with all its rich pickings, just hanging fruit there, waiting for connoisseurs like you and me, who are daring enough and discerning enough to appreciate them to harvest and feast upon. Mikey had smoothed in his soft, coaxing southern drawl. I like what you're saying and where you're coming from, Marcus had been thinking, but said, just so, few people have really fine tastes to savour the truly forbidden fruits. What other bullshit is coming out of my mouth, was the thought passing through Marcus's head, but he was getting carried away with his own self-importance and in the groove of this rather mellifluous conversation, and so out of his mouth came instead... It is so rare to meet a kindred spirit, a fellow cognoscenti of the finer ephemera of life. He'd sounded as though he'd swallowed a dictionary of gastronomy, but never mind, he'd smelt the unmistakable, heady perfume of money, and lots of it, and freebies, and so let his tongue do the talking, rather than engaging his brain in doing some thinking. By the end of the evening... The said sojourn on Mikey's secret island hideaway had been organised to coincide with Marcus's daughter's Easter break from boarding school. Yes, Mikey had said, exes can come too, though God knows why you'd want them to. They both laughed at that. But the deal was done, and Marcus was pleased at the prospect of spending some quality time with his beloved family and in such a sumptuous setting. At the time, back in the early 90s, no one cared about what they didn't know about. And since registers of gifts hadn't existed, or at least Marcus had not been aware of them, he hadn't thought beyond the fact that he'd been exceedingly clever to craft such a fantastic opportunity. 
He never thought such a simple thing as accepting a gift from one discerning and wealthy gentleman to another who was just temporarily cash poor would have such resounding and truly ghastly consequences. And Mikey's secret island hideaway clearly wasn't a secret either, as someone had been allowed to take that photograph.